my weekly workout and nutrition philosophy, why I've stayed at Orange Theory for so long, why I started the Best You Podcast, what I was like as a child, what my relationship with my sister and my family is like, who's the best athlete in our family, in my family, how to keep in touch with my family, how to achieve work-life balance, what my vision for Best You is like, looks like, and so much more coming right up. This is episode number three, four, five, with my little sister, Kelsey Carrier. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. Do you want to be more fit and more confident than ever before in just 10 short weeks? Then you should join the 10-week transformation program today. Just go to nickcarrier.com, and we will collaborate to cast a clear vision, create a simple strategy to help you achieve your fitness goals, and prepare to show the world the most fit, most confident, and best version of you. Now, today's episode is going to be a little bit different. I could not have been more excited leading up into it. I absolutely had a blast during it, and I'm now so excited to be recording this for you now to finally be released. I'm I'm super grateful to my sister that she accepted doing this podcast interview. I think she was a little bit nervous, but she actually played it super cool and crushed it. She asked me a lot of questions. I asked her a few questions, and we just got a lot of valuable things out there. So I hope you learned a few things about me personally, and then I hope you got some valuable content in there as well. I'm also going to break this episode into two different parts because (laughs) we could have gone on for hours and hours and hours, but we recorded about an hour and a half. So I want to break it up into two different parts for you. So part one is today and part two is going to be released on Wednesday if you're listening to it right when it gets released. So get excited about part two to be coming out on Wednesday, but I'm super excited about the content that you're going to learn during this first part. So without further ado, here's to getting closer and closer to your best you with the one and only Kelsey Carrier. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. I'm super stoked to have you all on today. And I am super pumped to have the one and only Nick Carrier on the pod today. So thanks, Nick, so much for spending the time with me today. (laughs) What's up, everybody? (laughs) Uh, Today, I could not be more amped, fired up, stoked, excited to bring on my very own little sister, Kelsey Carrier. Uh, really, really excited about today's podcast. Uh, one of the more unique episodes I've ever done. And the way I just want to start today is by having my little sis introduce herself just a little bit. Let's do how old you are, where you went to uh, school, your college background a little bit, and where you currently live and what you do. Yeah. So I'm Kelsey, as you all may know, and I am 24. I'm Nick's little sister just under two years younger than him. And I live in Denver currently, recently moved from Atlanta, but born and raised in Atlanta. And I went to school, started off at Vanderbilt playing soccer, ended up quitting soccer. I transferred to UGA where I graduated from there in the business school. And I work in consulting and have been at my company for about two years now, just over two years. And yeah, that's a little bit about me. And um, I'm a little nervous because Nick always does tons of research on all of his podcast guests and I haven't done that much research on him. Um, <laughs> no, a little bit. I think you've done about 24 years of research. I think we'll be all right. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I think I know a little bit about you, but um Let's see, where do I want to start today with my podcast guest? 
So Nick, I think we can get back to our growing up story a little bit later, but um, let's start off with you telling your listeners maybe that don't know you, don't know much about you, haven't been following you all along, but tell us a little bit about who you are, what you currently do, and then we'll get back to how you got there. All right. So what I currently do is I have like three different gigs right now. I coach at Orange Theory a few days a week, which I've been doing for almost six years now. And then I also coach at Echelon Fitness, which is a fitness company that is essentially kind of a competitor of Peloton. And they record in two different studios across the country. There's one in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and one in Miami. And Nashville is just about two hours north of Chattanooga. So every single Sunday, I drive down to Chattanooga and I get to stay with a very nice family that allows me to stay in their basement bedroom. And then on Mondays, I coach seven to eight to nine classes at Echelon. I film live classes and they have an app and they have live classes and pre-recorded on-demand classes and things of that nature. And I record all day on Monday, drive back on Monday and spend the rest of my week in Nashville. So I do Orange Theory, I do Echelon, and then I do Best You. So with Best You, I have a 10-week fitness goal-setting program that I do with people both in person here in Nashville and virtually. And also with Best You, I have the Best You podcast, which I had started back in October of 2018 and have released two episodes, at least two episodes every week ever since. And I also do fitness events here in Nashville. So those are the, uh, it's kind of what I'm currently doing right now. Okay. So I want to hear a little bit more about Best You. And let's start with the type of podcast you do. So for those people that might not um, have listened to any of your episodes, what type of guests do you have on? What do you typically talk about focused on? When I first came up with the name Best You. I came up with it because I was really trying to discover my why. If you guys have ever heard of the guy named Simon Sinek, he had a very has a very famous book and very famous TED talk about finding your why and starting with why. And it's essentially what your motivation is, what, what drives you on a day-to-day basis. And I was trying to discover my why, like what fires me up, what motivates me every single day, what causes me to work hard every single day. And I really kind of dug deep within myself and and asked myself that question for weeks and weeks. And what I kept coming back to is I just want to be the best version of myself. And I didn't like that I kept coming back to that because I kept seeing YouTube videos, podcasts, everybody was saying best version of yourself. And I hated to have what seemed to be a cliche why or a cliche motivation. And so I kept doing more work and that's what I just kept coming back to. I just want to improve myself. I want to get better. I want to be the best version of myself. And then I realized why I didn't like coming back to that conclusion. And it was because so many people say that you should get closer to the best version of yourself, but they don't tell you how. And so when I kind of realized, when I had that realization, I was like, wait, I want to know how. I want to create a framework. I want to define a framework through which I can work in on a day-to-day basis, on a week-to-week basis, on a month-to-month, year-to-year basis that I can follow that gives me confidence that I'm getting closer to the best version of myself. And so that was kind of the whole thought behind Best You. And the podcast essentially is me interviewing other people that I look up to who I feel like have done a really good job up to this point in their life, getting closer to the best version of themselves and essentially asking them how they've gotten to this point and what how they are continuing to work on getting closer to the best version of themselves. And I have anywhere from athletes, I have 
best-selling authors. I have broadcasters. I have musicians. I've had comedians. I've had, you name it, any kind of different guest who has been successful in their industry. And that's what I do. I ask them how they got there and what they're currently doing to continue to work on getting closer to the best version of themselves. I hope that is a specific enough of an answer for you. Yes. No, and and I will add to that after, I mean, listening to most of your podcast episodes. Yeah, and uh, a little pre, uh, before you go, I was the very first editor of the Best You Podcast. My little sister was the second ever editor of the Best You Podcast, and she was very uh, gracious to help me out for a good stretch on editing my episodes. So she definitely has a... Uh, a good a good sense of what Best You Podcast is all about. And yep, I uh, edited out all of Nick's uh, mess ups, his <laughs> uh, profanity, all kinds of okay. stuff. <laughs> take out there. That's amazing. <laughs> no, but um, I was going to say when I listen to your podcast, I just think each guest is truly so different. And like Nick said, there is just different occupations, very different perspectives out there, but each guest does have such good things to say, good advice, um, just cool words of wisdom that come from all different places. But um, I think too, Nick, one of the, the coolest things, like I think you and I can relate so much that, you know, we've similar personalities. And I think we probably have always felt that we want to get to that best version of ourselves, but I don't think I would ever have thought to like put those words to it until you really started best you. I think we've always had, you know, the innate natural desire to be better people aspects of our life, but never would I have thought to put, you know, this framework around it. But I think it's so cool that that's what you're doing and um, that's what you're going to grow. So Tell me more now about how you got to this place. How did your vision for best you come come out of where you were before? Tell me like where you went to college, kind of how you got to this place. Yeah. So I went to University of Georgia. So I was always an athlete growing up. I'll start I'll start with that. I was an always an athlete growing up. I loved sports, but I also liked training for the sports. I always liked the the working out aspect of it. And I had a personal trainer in high school who helped me improve my football and baseball uh, skills and ability and all that kind of stuff. And then I went to University of Georgia and like most people had no idea what I wanted to study in college. So I chose finance and insurance or well, originally finance. And then I added insurance as a double major, but I chose it because that's what a lot of my friends were doing. That's kind of what parents were talking about. That's what my parents were talking about, other people's parents. And it just seemed like a very safe thing to do because you can kind of do a finance degree and there's a lot of different things that you can do with it. So, and I was always a math guy. I loved math. I was always my favorite class. And so, and I always was pretty good at it. And so finance seemed like a pretty good route for me. And I started in finance and I, I enjoyed it. It was fine. But in between my sophomore and junior year of college, I was back home in Atlanta working out at Gold's Gym where I had my personal trainer. And I remember I was doing lap pull downs when my personal trainer came over from high school and he was talking to me, just catching up and see how things were going. And he at one point asked me if I'd ever thought about being a personal trainer before. And I was like, huh, not really, but like, I think that'd be cool. And he was like, well, talk to me after your workout and I'll talk to you about the certification that you would need and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, all right, cool. 
So I talked to him after the workout. He told me the certification that summer. I remember sitting at our uh, circle dining room table studying for my personal trainer certification exam, got my certification, and then went back to school the fall semester of my junior year. And I was like, I want to be able to apply the certification. So I started applying to uh, like one big box gym and the school gym and some other things and never really heard anything back. I did online applications, a couple of phone calls. I didn't really work that hard at it. Trying to find a personal trainer job, I just hoped that something would happen and nothing did. And I was kind of upset, but it wasn't the end of the world. And then one day I saw an orange tent in a parking lot called Orange Theory Fitness. And I still remember I was driving a bunch of my friends. Is in that in the Beachwood parking lot, Kelsey, where the Orange Theory was and where that Chick-fil-A was. And there's an orange tent and it said Orange Theory Fitness. And I was like, what the hell? I'm what the hell is that? I have no idea what it is. And I just thought to myself, maybe one day I'm going to drive by there and just see what it is. And I don't think I've ever, uh, so I was, it was a Friday. I was driving to go work out at Health Sciences. Uh, Health Sciences is a gym at University of Georgia. I was driving to go work out there. And I remember, I was like, oh, wait, maybe I just go drive by there now. I hadn't even, like when I got in the car, I wasn't even planning on going there. I was like, oh, maybe I'll go now. I'm not going to lie. I was a little hungover too when I was driving. And I went to the the tent and I met Phil, who was the, owner of the location. It hadn't even been opened yet. And they were just doing pre-sales out in the tent. And I talked to him for probably 30 minutes and he was from Atlanta. I'm from Atlanta and we hit it off. And this was in the fall, probably the late fall semester. And we set up a time for me to go to a workout at Orange Theory and Buckhead. And then me meet him for breakfast afterwards to talk about Orange Theory and, and see if it would be a good fit. And so I took the workout, loved it, met him. And he was like, you can come back beginning of January before your semester starts and go through uh, coaches tryouts. And so I went to the coaches tryouts, probably had my one of my first ever like panic attacks during the tryouts, during the learning. I remember I had a moment where my body just like shut down and froze. And I it was like, you know what? I'm doing it. Because I was thinking about, I was double majoring. I had a couple of after school activities that I was doing. I was doing a lot at the time. And I was like, how am I going to be able to fit this in? And I had freaked out. And I was like, you know what? You can do this. You can do this. And then I just zoned back in and I committed to it from there on out. And it was one of the best decisions I ever made. So I started coaching Orange Theory in January of my junior year, did it throughout college. And then when I was approaching graduation, I kind of knew I wanted to do something with fitness long-term, but I just wasn't sure what that would look like. And so I figured I would just continue to find or find a job with my finance degree and I originally had a job lined up to be a mortgage lending officer of all things. And I was going to do six months of training with the job in the Atlanta office and then be able to transfer to the Nashville office after six months. And transferring to the Nashville office was my main draw to that job. My sister, as she said, started playing soccer at Vanderbilt. That's when I went to Nashville probably like five, six, seven times that season to watch her play. And I was like, this place is freaking awesome. I want to go here. I want to move here. And so when they said I could move to Nashville, I was like, I'm in. Then I graduated. I was supposed to start that job maybe end of June, beginning of July. I can't remember the exact date. And then right before I was supposed to start, they told me that the Nashville part of it fell through and I was only going to be able to work for them in Atlanta post-training. And on that same phone call, they told me, and I was like, nope, not interested. Hung up the phone, had a buddy already living in Nashville, called him. And I was like, dude, can I just come live on your couch for a little bit and figure it out? And he said, yes, graciously. Thank you, Jack. But I think two, three weeks later, I moved to Nashville, 
started off living on his couch in his one bedroom. Now it wasn't like slumming on the couch. We had he had a really nice one bedroom apartment. So I'm not going to try to sound like that. And I, after two weeks, I was still looking for a finance job and I kind of rushed into a job as a recruiter with an employment agency. And I was fired up when I got the job because now I was actually making money and uh, all that kind of stuff. And during those two weeks, the first few days of it was fine. But then for whatever reason, halfway into week one and then all of week two, I just found myself questioning my decision over and over again. And the thought that kept going through my mind is, why am I wasting my time doing something nine hours a day when I know this is not what I want to be doing long-term and I could just be figuring out the thing that I want to do long-term now. And I knew something with fitness was what I wanted to do long-term. And I kept having that thought go through my brain, but I kept justifying that this was an okay decision to stick it out, keep doing it. And then I remember Monday of week number three, I walked in, I was motivated. I gave myself a pep talk that previous weekend. And then when I walked in, I started working and then right away I had that moment again, like, what am I doing? And then right then and there, I decided I'm out of here, walked to my boss's office, told him I can't do it anymore. Luckily, I was only there for two weeks, so I didn't really have to do anything. I literally told him, walked, got my stuff, left. Then I drove to D1 <laughs> down in Cool Springs. So they see if they needed any personal trainers. I went around to different areas, different gyms, from gym to 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 see if they had personal training openings. Uh, it took me a while, and I finally found a personal training gig, went back to coaching Orange Theory, and then in March of 2018, I formed Best You, and it has been evolving ever since. So I try to keep it as brief as possible, but that is uh, the uh, probably longer version than I had expected to, to tell, but that's the story. <laughs> <laughs> Short and concise. <laughs> now, I have a question for you based off of that story. Okay. What were you thinking as a, let's see, you would have been maybe a be your fall semester of junior year at UGA. What were you thinking when I decided to quit that job? I'm the one interviewing you, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, what was I thinking? I remember being very shocked. I It was the last thing I would have expected. I mean, once it sank in and I thought about it more, okay, it made sense. I, I could have told you, you would not have you would have not done well at a desk job. You've never been able to sit still. And it wasn't that surprising. But at the time, I had just never thought of anything differently. I think like you were saying, like to me, we go and, and major in business. And that was just the smart, logical thing to do. So of course you would do it. And and you had been studying finance. So when you told me you quit after two weeks, I was very shocked and was like, oh, wow, what's he going to do now? We'll see. But then I think I was very excited for you at the same time. And just knowing that you're such an ambitious person, such a go-getter, I was like, all right, he'll figure it out, whatever he does. And definitely supported you along with, I think, the rest of our family. So I was just super excited to see what you did. Yeah. And here we are. <laughs> I feel like that was probably everybody in the family's reaction and they probably were were shocked. I remember I mean, I mean having long conversations with everybody about it. But um but everybody was definitely supportive one 100% of the way. Nobody like I remember I've got I've gotten asked before about if my if any of my friends or any of my family were trying to persuade me to do otherwise or 
anything like that or were not supportive. And I luckily never had that experience and feel uh, very lucky for having not had that. Yeah, pretty great. <laughs> you pro- I probably had the same thought when uh, when you quit basketball. So. Yeah. <laughs> I just went there. We'll be back to the interview in just a second. But first, I wanted to share a quick testimonial from a past participant of the 10-week transformation program. I started running the 10WT in the beginning of 2020, and I've had over 150 people on counting go through it, and they've seen amazing results both inside and out. If you're inspired to join after listening to the testimonial, then go to nickcarrier.com to learn more. We'll get back to the episode in just a minute, but first, here's what they had to say. I'm Erin, I joined Nick's program because I wanted to get more fit, but just like kind of be more toned overall. So with Nick's help, he's really helped me figure out the best workouts that have helped me reach my goals. And I've done three of these programs with him and every time I still see like more and more progress. So it's been really fun to just like over time, like see myself get more fit. Like he's literally given me abs, which is like my goal. Uh, my favorite thing about the program, I think, is the camaraderie with everyone. I've made some really great friends from it, and I'm actually shocked at how much I actually like waking up at 5 a.m. You should definitely join Nick's Headache program. I think you were more upset than anyone when that happened. And for the record, I, I quit basketball just for my last year of high school when um, I thought I needed to focus on soccer for my scholarship. And I will say, I have regrets. I loved playing basketball, and I missed that season so it's easy to say that you regret something in hindsight but you know like i don't i don't i i have a lot of thoughts about the feeling of regret because just because you regret something in hindsight doesn't mean that you wouldn't have been mad in the middle of something in the middle of the thing like you might have still been like mad at yourself or continue to do basketball if you had continued that but anyways i wanted to go there real quick uh real quick i used to wake up with her and drag her, probably drag her, because it was probably more my idea more than hers, to go to school early so I could uh, help with her uh, shooting free throws and help just shooting and I would rebound for her and all that stuff. It was so much fun. (laughs) Nick, do you remember when we would practice free throws and you would make me close my eyes and (laughs) I'd basically be, I would of course hit every free throw in the mornings and then when it came to the games, it was not as pretty, but... You got better at him, though. You definitely got a whole lot better at him from the practice. Agreed. But, um, yeah, Nick has always been my biggest cheerleader, my coach, my whatever you want to call it, but always the most excitable person, the one running up and down the sidelines of whatever sport I was playing and um, (laughs) giving me all the best coaching advice. (laughs) Mom and dad would say that when we were young, right? I was, like, running up and down the soccer sidelines. (laughs) Yeah, always. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, I always thought it was funny when I would like sit over at Marist in the student section and try to get like three or four people over there with me during the basketball games and yell at the refs at the top of my lungs. And you haven't changed a bit. I bet the people that uh, know you today as a coach, especially in Orange Theory classes, are not surprised to hear us talk about that at all. So that leads me to my next question. So in your uh, little background introduction, you talked a lot about Orange Theory and you are still doing Orange Theory today. So what the heck about Orange Theory gets you so excited? Like, why is this 
Why are you so passionate about it? What do you love so much about it? Uh, there's definitely a few things. And the first thing that is probably definitely the top one is I think just a group fitness thing in general that I loved team sports so much. And I think a lot uh, back a lot to wrestling. So I wrestled for two years in seventh and eighth grade, and then I quit after that. And at the time I told myself I quit because I was focusing on baseball and football. And I think that was the main reason. But I also think a big thing is I just don't think I liked individual sports as much as team sports. I think I love so much working with a group of people towards a common goal. And when I went to college and I wasn't playing or like sports anymore, intramurals was one outlet for me for that. And I absolutely loved intramurals. And then when I found Orange Theory, that was another outlet of everybody working hard together kind of towards achieving a common goal. And it was in a high energy type environment with the music going. And I loved the workout myself because I felt like it was high intensity. I liked getting after it on the treadmill and football and baseball. We would run sprints a lot. And so it kind of channeled that in me as well. And so there's a lot of that, the athletic component. And, you know, as good as anybody, I have always enjoyed an audience. And so I think something happens to me when a mic goes around my head that I just love the aspect of performing and creating an an atmosphere, creating a high energy, inspirational type atmosphere for people. And so I think those all those things combined has kept me there for so long. And like not to even mention the workout itself, how the business is run. Like the workout itself is very intentional. The people who create the workout from Orange Theory Corporate always give you an intention behind why things are laid out and programmed the way that they are. And I'm all about, as you know, intentionality, being deliberate about what you do. And Orange Theory is that from a fitness component where I know so many fitness brands and and gyms are not that. And then everything is just very professional, very organized. There's systems, there's processes, and so many other gyms don't have that. And so uh, Orange Theory is just uh, a class act and the top notch of the industry as a company and then all those other things as well in regards to team atmosphere towards a common goal. (laughs) And I got an audience. (laughs) (laughs) You liking an audience? What? (laughs) For the record, I, I, we're probably going the same place here. But. <laughs> I was wondering if we were going to bring, I really wanted to bring it up at some point during the interview, but I wasn't sure how. <laughs> do you want me to tell it or yeah. do you want to tell it? Yeah, this okay. is such a freaking Aram's moment right now. <laughs> so when Nick and I were little, like Nick said, Nick loves an audience. And to the point where he was always asking me to watch him play video games So it wasn't, oh, Kelsey, do you want to come play Mario Kart with me? Do you want to come play Super Smash Bros. with me? It was, will you you watch me play? Watch me win this. I'm about to win the next level. (laughs) And I so, so um, patiently and so um, like a loving sister watched him. (laughs) (laughs) You did, you did. Where was I going before that? Oh, with, with Orange Theory. So thinking back on it, part of it, I think goes back to, I don't like doing something individually working towards a goal by myself. And I felt like we were a team when I was playing the video games. Um, anyway, that's, that's all of that. I'll stop there. We were a team, always been a team, (laughs) but listening to you talk about orange theory is really fun because everything you're saying about it and just how it's such a great company. I mean, it checks out with what 
everyone that I know that talks about Orange Theory that's done it or tried it out um, is super excited about it too, really loves it. And I have also had great experiences with it. You know, I worked at the front desk for a little bit with you, I had a blast. And I think the people there are great. So really love that you're able to channel all of that energy there. How would you relate the workouts that are done in Orange Theory to what your kind of workout philosophy is? Like, tell me a little bit about how you go about creating your workouts, what your, maybe a little bit of science behind it of what you believe truly works best for the people that sign up for your program. Yeah. So great question. You you did some homework. I believe that everybody needs to do obviously a combination of, I'll start big picture, combination of cardio and weight training, right? You've probably heard that before. You do. You probably want to do a combination of cardio and weight training. And when I say cardio, I don't necessarily mean that that means you have to go on a run or that means you need to swim or bike or do rowing or anything of that nature. When I say cardio, I just mean that you need to get your heart rate in an elevated state for a prolonged period of time. And so I'll talk specifically about the 10-week program right now and kind of branch off from there. So when I do my 10-week program here in Nashville, my we meet on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Every Tuesdays, we do lower body day. Every Thursdays, we do an upper body day. So lower body is so fundamentally important for everybody's overall fitness because one, those are the biggest muscle groups in your body. And so when you train lower body, that is going to feel like the more challenging workout day because you're working the bigger muscles in your body. So it's going to take a bigger toll and a bigger tax on your body, but therefore you're also going to get a bigger return. When you break down a bigger muscle, it takes more from your body to rebuild that same muscle. And so it's going to have a greater metabolic effect on your body and have your metabolism going at a higher rate. So really important that you always have a a strong lower body day. And then on Thursdays, we always have an upper body day. And it's funny because I found that so many girls, almost more than anybody, love having an upper body day because they want their arms to look good. They want their shoulders to look good and and all that kind of stuff. And so having a a really strong upper body day is really important from so many different instances. Obviously, everybody wants to look good. Like so many people will talk about their fitness goals. Like I know it's vanity, but it's reality. Everybody wants to look good to a certain extent. And so that obviously upper body is, is really important for that, but it's also really important for avoiding injuries. And it's also really important for maintaining muscle mass as you get older. So I'll kind of go specifically to a workout when I think about programming it for like a lower body day. So when I program a lower body day, I want to make sure that there is a certain amount of a few different things. There's a certain amount of traditional going heavy on the weights with a traditional squat, a traditional deadlift, where you're training the major muscle groups with a pretty heavy weight. Then that's kind of aspect number one. Aspect number two is I wanna make sure I'm training unilateral work. So I'm training one leg at a time because when you're training one leg at a time, you're working out any muscle imbalances that you might have. So you're equally strong and capable on, on either side. And you're also allowing yourself to make sure that you are preventing injuries because if you are muscle imbalances, are going to be one of the things that might cause a potential injury. And then also unilateral work is for balance and balance is important for a number of things. It's important for working your small stabilizer muscles. It's important for preventing injury. It's important for just actually having balance in real life. 
um, which is super key. And then with lower body days, I also have, make sure I have a cardio component. So I want to make sure there's either some sort of jumping or some sort of running or some sort of maybe rowing, some sort of aspect to it that is going to specifically be designed to get your heart rate elevated. That doesn't mean that the other aspects aren't going to get your heart rate elevated. They might, depending on what it is, depending on what the rep counts are, depending on how the exercises are spaced out, how much rest time there is, things of that nature. But I want to make sure there's a another part that is specifically designed to get your heart rate elevated for a specific period of time. And then kind of within that, I want to make sure there's some sort of kind of athletic component as well. That could be part of the strength. That could be part of the unilateral. It could be part of the cardio. But when I say athletic movement, it means potentially there's some jumping. Maybe there's some lateral jumping. Maybe there's some stability stuff. But making it so you are more equipped to do things outside of your workout as well, like chasing after your kids or let's say, this is a kind of a weird example, but I just saw a car driving by. But if you're <laughs> if you're like walking down the street in a car drive by and you need to get out of the way really quickly, um, you're able to do that. So many athletic-based movements will allow you to prevent injury when you get old because so many times people get injured when they're old because they're not doing quick twitch type movements. And so if you move really quickly, you're like, oh, and that's when you hurt yourself. You want to make sure that you're training that way to a certain extent during your actual workouts itself. Now, that was kind of a lot. Um, I don't know if that was the best way to answer your question, but I think diving into like specifically how I think about a lower body day is important. I guess lastly, for most people, I would probably prescribe like if you're, let's say you're working out four or five times a week, I would say a lower body day, an upper body day, a full body day. So those three, and then maybe you add on an extra cardio. Maybe you actually add on an extra, add on an extra lower body, an extra upper body, or an extra full body, just kind of depending on what your goals are at the time. But I would say for everybody, you want to make sure that you have a lower body, upper body, and probably a full body in there as well. No, I think that's that's really helpful. That's what I was looking for. And I think it's cool that you really do focus on, you know, overall fitness, like you were saying, like you don't want this person to just be in shape for the workout that they're doing. And I think it's really common for people to get stuck in routines of just just running or just doing some bicep curls, little arm deadlifts, that sort of thing. So I think it's cool to just have that holistic um, health mentality. So aside from fitness, or, well, I should say aside from working out, I want to hear a little bit more about your philosophy as it comes to nutrition aspect of health. So tell me a little bit about you personally, How what is your philosophy on how you should eat, how the general population should eat? Yeah, no doubt. So I've kind of recently boiled down to as simple as a framework as possible. And I've kind of deemed it the three rules to clean eating. Because I just think that right now, there is so much noise out there about nutrition and what you should be doing, what you should not be doing, and what works best for quick results and all that kind of thing. Bunch of fad diets out there. And the first thing that I want to say about diets is most diets work not because of what they are, but because of what they're not. If you take somebody who is eating the typical American diet, you're eating fast food a, a decent amount. You're maybe having, you know, the typical American diet, you, you name it. And then they go to a 
plant-based diet, they're going to see positive results. They're going to get healthier. Or if that same person went to a carnivore diet, complete opposite diet, they're going to see results. They're going to get better. If they did starting doing keto, if they started doing intermittent fasting, if they started doing any of these things, they are going to start being healthier because of what they're now not doing. Let's say somebody, again, decides they want to count their macros. And now that they started counting macros, they are getting healthier. They're losing weight. They're seeing a visual difference in their body composition. It's not necessarily now that you're counting macros and you're following within your macros. It's probably because you're making better quality decisions when it comes to the foods that you're eating. So it's not always what you are doing. It's what you're not doing that is so often why the change is working. And so one of the quotes that I've kind of come up with recently for myself is, we all eat for short-term pleasure. That's reality. But the magic is in combining short-term pleasure with long-term vitality. And I think so many of us need to find foods that we enjoy that are also healthy. Because if you, no matter what, if you are trying to force yourself to eat foods that are healthy, but you don't like, it's only going to last so long. So let's get back to my three rules to clean eating really quickly. Rule number one is super simple. Eat real food. And what that means is stay away from artificial ingredients. And again, when reading a food label, if you're picking up something from the grocery store, most people immediately jump to the macronutrients part of the label. When I really believe that you should look at the ingredients first. And when you're looking at the ingredients, you should think the fewer the ingredients, the better. If you can't pronounce it, don't eat it. Make sure there's no trans fats on there. Make sure there's no high fructose corn syrup. Generally speaking, shop on the periphery or the outside part of the grocery stores. And I really believe that you should make at least 50% of your meals at home. So many of my clients that I've worked with, one of their biggest reasons for positive results is because they just decrease the amount that they eat out. Because when you eat out, you never have any, you don't know what they all put in it and, and what things are added to it. So eat real food is rule number one. Now, rule number two is start small. So when you're trying to improve your diet or what you're eating, you want to start with realistic changes because when you're changing your food habits, the only thing that's going to be sustainable is starting small. I've very frequently talked about a client that I had who told me that he wanted to lose 15 pounds and he wants to cut out all sweets. And I asked him how many sweets he's currently eating. And he said that I'm currently eating 14 sweets a week, one with dinner, one with lunch every single day. Now you might think that's extreme and it is pretty extreme, but this is a great example of, I told him instead of cutting it down to zero, let's start with seven desserts a week for the first three weeks, then six for the next three, then five for the next three. And that's exactly what he did. He started to do that week after week after week and he was successful and he got down to the point where he was eating like two or three desserts a week, which is, I'm completely fine with that. And I've had people decrease the amount of sodas that they're going to drink for the same reason. I've had people increase the number of servings of vegetables that they eat in the, in the same way. So rule number two is start with realistic changes, start small. And then the last part is what I've deemed as was control, W-A-S, regulate your water, your alcohol, and your sweets intake. Because I've just found these three things to be as controllable things that can make a huge impact. And oftentimes, at least one of those three things are very out of whack for a lot of people. And so with water, you want to try to get to the point where you're drinking about half of your body weight in ounces. That's a, that's a good standard to try to work towards. With alcohol, again, it's kind of coach yourself where you're currently at in a, in a realistic sense. And generally speaking, maybe you try to limit yourself to three to five drinks per week. But again, 
coach yourself based off of where you're at and, and scale back from there. Start realistic. And then lastly, with sweets, plan out when you're going to have sweets. If you have a sweet tooth, then plan that you're going to have sweets three days a week and plan to have it on Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. Don't leave it up to chance when you're going to have them or else it's going to get the best of you and you're going to fall victim to your spontaneity. Um, so that's kind of my, my three rules that I think are very actionable, very simple, and can get a lot of people on track to where they want to be. That's awesome. I think all three of those things are just super easy to understand. And really, when you boil it down to those three things, easy to wrap your head around. I like keep it simple, whole foods. Don't be um, really trying to break down every macronutrient. Just simple ingredients, whole foods, like you said. You Those of you guys who follow me on Instagram, you see me post about my, my meals. Last night, I posted like two eggs, Brussels sprouts, and red potatoes. There's every every food on there is the ingredient. A red potato is a red potato. A Brussels sprout is a Brussels sprout. An egg, an egg is an egg. Anytime I pick up something and there's more than six ingredients or something, I'm like, that's not going to my body. Now, sometimes, sure, there is. Like on Saturday, I'm probably going to have a frozen pizza. So that's where I wanted to jump in. Well, first of all, I want to point out that you do eat. Nick is a man of habit. And you eat the same things kind of, you know, over and over again. And to me, I think that is, that's boring. I would probably get a little bit sick of it, but you can, you know, you can switch things up. So want to make sure that all of your listeners understand that you're not saying you have to eat Brussels sprouts, potatoes, and turkey for every meal, but you know what he means? Keep it simple, whole foods. I think, uh, I think a lot of people would probably be, cause so Everybody in my family is pretty health and fitness conscious. And my sister is very much up there in regards to health and nutrition as well. Give uh, all the people out there who, who listen, and there's got to be, I know there's a lot of females out there who take my classes and are clients and stuff like that and would be interested to hear maybe some of your tips and some of the things that, that you do that um, work well with you nutrition-wise. Yeah. So I definitely, I would say I have the same philosophy overall that you do. Um, I love to have, um, I love vegetables. Fortunately, um, they are truly enjoyable for me. So I, every week buy lots of broccoli, Brussels sprouts, carrots, you name it. But I do like to have kind of some of the more traditional good dinner foods. I make a lot of tacos. I make a lot of burrito bowls, pastas. But when I, when I make those things, I stick to the very simplified version. So I'll find, um, there's, for example, like a pasta that I make, there's a quinoa pasta that I get from Trader Joe's and the only ingredient on it is quinoa. So I'll get that and put some, some ground beef, grass fed, <laughs> um, and some tomato sauce on it. Super simple and throw in some broccoli with it, that sort of thing. So I like to have kind of the same traditional good dinners. Um, same with, you know, burrito bowls. I'll make a, a nice brown rice with black beans and peppers and, and chicken, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, definitely trying to keep it simple, simple ingredients, um, that sort of thing. Boom. Love it. 
I think that gives people, I think that was important to do because that like a burrito bowl or tacos sounds a whole lot more appetizing to most people than Brussels sprouts, red potatoes and eggs. So. <laughs> <laughs> I would tend to agree with that. <laughs> I'll admit it. I'm fine with that. So where I wanted to go next. So now we've, we've talked about, um, talked about your workouts. We've talked about your nutrition philosophy. Now, another area that I've seen you talk a lot about and that I know you're very passionate about is, is habits. I hope y'all enjoyed that super fun and special episode with my little sister, Kelsey. I hope you learned something about me and I, that you maybe didn't know before. And I hope you learned something that you maybe have found valuable and that you can start to take action on starting tomorrow. Also, do you want to head into 2022 regretting all the decisions that you made during the holiday season? Or do you want to head into the new year as the most fit and most confident version of yourself that you've ever been? Because in just 10 short weeks, we can make that happen. Join the 10-week transformation program today. Just go to nickcarrier.com and we'll collaborate to cast a clear vision and create a simple strategy to help you achieve your fitness goals. Prepare to show the world the most fit and most confident and best version of you. If you guys listened to the interview closely, you heard me call her ARM a few times. Now we spell that H-E-R-M, ARM. And just funny quick backstory as to how that came about is we just have very similar humors, very similar personalities. And I think I was trying to be funny one day. We both took Spanish in high school. And I think I was trying to be funny one day when I was calling her like bro and calling other people bro or whatever. And I was like, I don't know how it came to my mind. I was like, do you think People who speak Spanish call each other Erm. And if you know Spanish at all, the word brother or sister in Spanish is hermano or hermana. <laughs> so if it's brother and bro, do they say Erm instead of hermano? And we thought it was hilarious at the time for whatever reason, stupid humor at the time. But we've called each other Erm ever since and that was probably, oh man. I mean, years ago, I think we were in high school, maybe when we came up with that. But anyway, I just wanted to sh- sh- share that insider, that kind of funny story on how we came up with that nickname for each other. So we both call each other Aram. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed part one of that podcast. Remember, part two is coming out on Wednesday with even more awesome content that I hope you learn from and, and can start to take action on. But I hope you enjoyed this different episode. If you have any other questions for me, feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram at carrier underscore best you. But I hope you got to learn about me a little bit more. And I hope you got some nuggets in there that you can take action on that give you confidence that you're getting closer and closer to your best you.